Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 7th. Look people straight in the eyes, not daringly as liars do, who look at, but not into, people's eyes, but rather with the wish to include other people in your thoughts and feelings. My, that is a very subtle combination of concepts that Swamiji is talking about. There's been a very interesting phenomenon. This is being recorded in the year 2020, when for many months people have been required to wear um, face masks to keep the COVID-19 virus from spreading through our, what we, our exhalations. I'm hoping those of you who are looking at, looking at this into the future, that the um, virus and face masks is history, not present reality. So regardless, for since uh, it is now the middle of October and since the middle of March, we've been engaged in this. And on one hand, uh, it's quite inconvenient and a bit odd to be wearing these masks. Um, as the weeks go by, we've all gotten more accustomed to it. And I've discovered a very strange positive benefit of it that I wouldn't have thought about. Um, I'm very visually conscious myself. I tend to notice, I, mean, I notice people, I know what they're wearing. I just, I notice the details of the visual world around me. It's just one of those characteristics of me. So when I talk to people, I, I look at them. I look at their faces and I, I remember faces. I meet many people in many different places in the course of the years of my life. And I have a, a fairly good memory for faces. I can't always remember the name that's associated, but I'll say to someone, you look familiar to me, tell me where I, where was I? I often say what country we were in when we last met. And if they tell me where they met me, it was the class you gave in, you know, in Palo Alto, or the class you gave in uh, Dallas about such and so, I can often see the room and see where they were sitting and then I'll remember who they are. Not always by any means, but I, I often can. So when people now were talking to each other, and of course I can't see my face, but I'm looking at someone, and the only part of their face that's, that's available for me to look at is their eyes, that I've, I've actually grown to like it. Because it takes away all the distracting energy from their eyes. And so when I'm looking right into someone's eyes, I feel like I'm more in touch with them than I am when I see their whole face. Because after you talk to someone and they have had a mask on, maybe you go outside and they take their mask off. And all of a sudden I'm looking at the mouth and the nose and the chin and everything that moves around. And I actually find it reveals less of the person than it does when the only thing that I have to relate to is the eyes. Isn't that interesting? I mean, this is the way it's always been. And I have a strange, I have a strange feeling that's been sort of fun for me too. I feel in certain ways, I want to almost say more relaxed because I'm halfway behind a mask. 
And so I, I feel sort of like protected. And then I can feel that my energy goes out of my eyes more dynamically than it does when I'm not wearing the mask. Isn't that just funny how everything has its own positive? I've been uh, only a little bit have I traveled in the, um, in the Mideast. Uh, primarily I've been through Dubai and we did go to Israel, but we didn't see much of what I'm about to say, which is women in burqas. But in Dubai, I saw women in, in burqas, and I saw women just reduced down to just their eyes. Their hair was covered, and their whole body would be covered. It was amazing to me that there, you could still read their whole consciousness. You could, you could just tell who the person was, even though, I mean, there was some other bodily um, communication. You could tell if a person was, was, to a certain extent, if they were large or if they were slender. There was also the manner of movement, and the and it was just interesting to me also how the the when the details of the body are hidden, the 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 manner of their movement, their whole sort of attitude as they move their body, is more rather than less obvious because it's all that you can see. You just see this moving form, and you can tell if it's graceful, whether it's at ease, if it's clumsy, if it's self uh self-conscious, if it's confident. So again, it was just amazing to me that the eyes are, and of course now here I'm going to give the cliche, the eyes are the window to the soul. And the soul is really who we are. Um, And all of this, uh, the rest of this physicality that we do operate and that does, even as I was saying, as a person's posture and their walk reveals who they are in their consciousness, all the rest of this does communicate. It does say who I am, who I wanted to be, you know, the kind of form that I created and the way I use it do say a lot of things to us, but it's really the eyes where the, the whole, the real self is. I remarked, uh, I'm, I'm uh, for those of you who are watching this on the, on the podcast, you can't necessarily see me. For those who are watching it on video, you can see that I'm a, a woman of a comparatively small size. I'm not so small that people are startled when they see me, but as females go, I'm a little bit on the small side. And I don't think of myself as big or small, except there, were, there, there was a period of time when, for various reasons, I was in close association with a number of very big men. You know, big, tall, strong men, and I, I clumsily sort of became a little um, fascinated by what it would be like to move through the world with such a strong, with such a big, strong body. And I became slightly obnoxious to one of my friends <laughs> because I was sort of a little too c- focused on it. And finally, he just looked at me. He said, "Asha, my body is the right size for my consciousness." <laughs> Meaning just drop the subject. In other words, that is who that person was, was was physically strong and moving through the world with that physical strength. That was part of who they were, and it, it felt perfectly natural to them. So what I'm also saying is, yes, everything else counts, but when it really comes down to it, and we all know this from our experience, the real communication often is through the eyes. In fact, when we put on these masks for the first time, I was joking that we would all have to take lessons from women who had been dressed like that for a long period of time so that we could learn to communicate through our eyes. And I think we have. So now Swami is just 
talking to us and suggesting to us that if we really want to to give to people and also to receive from them, um, that we should uh, participate in the potential that direct eye contact has. But it's very interesting how he makes the distinction. Don't, don't be like liars are who look directly at you. He said, look into the eyes of the person. I remember when I was dealing with a teenager and I was pretty sure he was telling me the truth, but I wasn't certain that he was telling me the truth. And I was watching the way he looked at me with this just like wide-eyed innocence just right into my eyes. Now, can I remember? I think he was telling me the truth, but there was something exaggerated about his way. And I, I kept thinking to myself, how do I discern? He's so deliberately looking into my eyes, I could feel the, the conscious effort behind it. Isn't this odd? I can't remember. No, I don't think he was being dishonest with me. Uh, at least it doesn't stand out. But it this does stand out in my mind that I didn't know how to evaluate it. I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to tell. But the, the difference between looking into and looking at. Now, people look at you without looking into you even when they're not lying. People look at you without looking into you because... They're not in the habit of really communing with other people. They're afraid to commune with other people. They're just not interested in communing with you or someone else. But when we really give to people, and how does Swami say it? He said, um, look, look, but into people's eyes with the wish to include other people in your thoughts and feelings. It's a very, um, it's very interesting to me how often, well, the word is people talk at you. People don't talk with you, they talk at you. Being a public speaker myself and being in conversations that that appear to be one-sided, I've had to give a lot of thought to the, to what actually creates communication when I'm giving a class or even more so when I'm doing a recording like this recording, which is not being live-streamed. So my entire communication is an intuitive projection into the future in an effort to reach the consciousness of people, and I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your circumstances will be. So I have to trust that my sincere desire um, to share with you that which is so deeply meaningful to me, which is all of this way of living, everything in this particular series that I've been talking about, you know, I'm, I'm recording in the last month of 12 months of this, so it's 366 different um, individual broadcasts. And each one of them, to my experience, has been an absolute jewel. And each one, as I go through it, has for me opened up another uh, window onto the infinite possibilities for happiness, which is the nature of human life. It's been a worthwhile experience, even if at the end of this no other human being ever saw these recordings. Just the mere effort to clarify, to understand, and to articulate the meaning of these ideas 
and, and, and the enlightenment that they bring me and the experience, the transforming experience I've had over all these years and every day as I've worked with this, the desire to share that in me is, is limitless. You know, joy multiplies when it's shared. And I have this enthusiastic temperament. You, you know, I've actually made the mistake of recommending the book when I've only read a few pages and then realizing later that I shouldn't have recommended it. But my enthusiasm after five pages was I just didn't have the restraint to wait until the book was over because there's so much joy in doing that to include other people in our thoughts and feelings and not just live in this world as if we were the only one. And again, I've observed sometimes when people are trying to communicate, their focus is entirely on their own ideas. And it's almost like, and I'm exaggerating this, but it's like their, their, their focus is on their, inside their brain with the beauty of the thought that they're expressing. And so they'll say it out loud, but it's almost like the energy just goes right back into their brain and then stirs up another idea which comes out again, which actually can be very interesting. I've heard very, very interesting talks that are delivered in that manner. But it's more a presentation of, of wisdom, of insight, of intelligence, of knowledge. But what Swami is talking about is when we really, uh, well, what do I want to say? When there's a real exchange of vibrations, when you really want to include someone, he says it exactly, include someone else in your thoughts and feelings. It's not enough for me just to speak at you. I really want to speak with you, even if you're silent. Swamiji has often commented how much um, the kind of communication that he did a great deal of, of course, which was exactly what I'm doing. This is recorded, but even in person. And, and this is in person in the, in the sense that Divine Mother knows. And it's, it's sort of like I speak to Divine Mother and she knows who it's going to be delivered to and then will help guide it. And, and that's not, I don't feel, that's not mere sentiment. I think that's really true. Swamiji has often commented how, especially when he's talking in person, but even when talking to a camera, that it's really more of a conversation than it appears. Because there, there is this flow of energy going out in a very sincere desire to communicate. A desire to, just as he said, include others in one's thoughts and feelings. So experiment with it. Sometimes people find it disconcerting to really look into someone else's eyes. So experiment with it. And, and practice losing your self-consciousness in your deep interest in connecting with someone else, as Swamiji says. Look people straight in the eyes, not daringly as liars do who look at, but not into people's eyes but rather with the wish to include other people in your thoughts and feelings. God bless you, my friends.
Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support ASHA, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.